welcome to the Leela Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Tate, and I'm here to bring you joy, inspiration, and stories through our guests and interviews to help you in your divine play. Don't forget to play today. Welcome to the latest episode of the Leela Life Show. I am beyond honored and blessed to share with you today's guest, Audrey Mills, who I've known from South Florida all the way to her time now in Washington. And it is such a just blessing to have you here, Audrey. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, There's so much I feel like we can unpack over the next 45 minutes or so. And, uh, you know, the Leela story is really to tap into when you felt not so alive, how you got feeling more alive. And I hope that our listeners can use some of those tips and resonate, you know, where they may be in their own life. So uh, thinking back to a time in your life where you felt not connected. Yes. Well, I think we ebb and flow between feeling super connected and super in alignment and in the flow with the universe. And then we like fall off that wave, you know, and we're disconnected. So I think just, that's just life is ebbing and flowing between feeling super aligned and then super feeling not, you know, aligned. But the time that really was my transformation, or I was at the beginning part of that transformation was back oh gosh this was really 2010 so a long time ago and i was a hot mess i was going through like a major meltdown in my life and one of my favorite quotes is by mark nepo and he says we either willfully shed or we are broken open and at that time i was in a totally different industry i owned a real estate company i had 100 employees i had eight offices i had three cell phones and five assistants i mean it was nuts. I was eating fast food eight to 10 times a week. Wow. Total unhealthy, stressful life in Silicon Valley. And I didn't have these tools. I didn't have meditation or yoga or mindfulness. My mind was just go, go, go. And feeling disconnected, I didn't even know what that felt like because I would drink two, three cups of Starbucks coffee a day and then maybe take a sleeping pill not even a natural one, but like an ambient at night with a glass of wine. Okay. So this is like holy hotness, but I think a lot of people can resonate with that when you're just on that stress treadmill, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for you. And that's what it was for me is, you know, I was in my twenties and I was just climbing that corporate ladder and doing all the things that I thought I was supposed to do, checking those boxes off, you know, having a business entrepreneur check, getting married, check, having the car, check, the house, check. And, you know, you're climbing up this ladder. And then when you get to the top, you realize, oh, crap, I'm on the wrong wall. (laughs) This looks different than I thought. Making me happy. And so that was my breakdown. And going back to that Mark Nepo quote, people willfully shed and they find their purpose and they heal themselves or they break open. Mm. And mine was a total break open. And what that looked like for me was many years of self-discovery, first starting with a divorce and selling my house and then, you know, really paring everything down. And that's when I found yoga. And the connection point really started in this yoga class. And it was a gentle yoga class. It was me 
and 80 year old men, just white haired men. We never got off our butts. We it was so gentle. And my ego in my head was like, I can't do this. This is an hour of just doing nothing. Like I need to move. I don't have time for this. I need to like do some cardio and burn those 300 calories. You know, this was my mindset at that time is movement was good. Just staying busy and distracted was what I needed. Calories, sweat. Yes. And of course, like that's the opposite of what I needed. And she led a simple meditation of watching your mind. And by the end of that meditation and Shavasana, I was crying these cathartic tears because I realized, oh my gosh, what's that voice in my head that's so busy? What's that chatter? Because that's not me, right? It's something different. And it scared the crap out of me. That was the first time I realized I'm really busy in my mind and I need to do something different. And I didn't know what it was, but I think I had found it in yoga. Wow. And afterwards when I was crying, I was so embarrassed, you know, I just like red face and like disgusting tears. And I wasn't like a, a cute tears. I was like, <laughs> you know, in Shavasana. <laughs> and I don't know if anyone's ever been there, but it's just like, oh, I'm so embarrassed, but I can't stop myself. You know, <sighs> I thought everyone had cleared out of the room. And I just like, just lie there with, you know, closed eyes. And finally I got up and I'm like, oh shoot, she's there. She's still there. She's waiting for me. And this beautiful blonde Buddha goddess. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for crying in your class. And she calmly put a hand on my shoulder, looked me lovingly in the eyes and said, you're ready. And just left. Wow. <laughs> and that was it. And I swear I slept so good that night. And I was like, what did this voodoo woman do to me? I need to find her again. And that was the start of it. Slow start, but that was the start of like making that connection to something that was lost, you know, decades ago. I don't think I ever really had that connection to myself. Ever before that. No, I think when we're born, we're connected to that, you know, purity, that essence of joy of, you know, just pure self-love, you know, and I don't. Yeah, I don't think I ever was really connected or knowingly connected to that. So it was a a longer journey for me to know what connection feels like, to know what being in your soul feels like. It feels weird being like an adult, right? Quote unquote, an adult. And you're like, I'm learning all this for the first time ever. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, it's kind of like, feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I should know this, you know, and, you know, at that time I was 30 and I'm like, I should know this. Right. And, you know, I was going through my divorce and I'm like, I thought I knew how to do life and life is totally teaching me different lessons. And it was good. It's like, sometimes you have to have those breakdowns to have breakthroughs. You make me laugh thinking of this time in New Jersey and I had this moment with a friend and I said, so what? Like you get the car and the job and the relationship and the family and, and then what? And I, and he was laughing and I started laughing and I couldn't stop laughing. And I said, this is just all so weird. Like, why would you want to do that? And he looked at me and he's like, that's what people spend their whole lives doing. And the point was not that any of that's bad or wrong, but if you're doing it being soul disconnected, there could be potentially some issues along the way. And that's what it sounds like you're describing. Oh, for sure. I mean, my marriage, my first marriage, um, he was a really nice guy. I mean, we hit it off, all the check boxes aligned, but I wasn't aligned with myself. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's the thing is you can have a marriage contract. You can have a partnership in writing, but if you and your partner are not constantly working on growing yourselves, you have to grow yourselves first, you know, and I was not growing myself. I was doing the opposite. I was just trying to be busy and distracted and numb whatever feelings and emotions came up. So that's the thing is I wasn't growing myself so that we could not have that soul contract, that soul partnership that's really required, you know? Yeah. And so the marriage fell apart. And so the thing is you don't have to have like the marriage. It, each relationship is a partnership in where you grow as an individual. And if you, like you and I are friends, if I don't grow, but you grow, then we're going to grow apart. Right. You know, but you do the work to grow yourself. I do the work also to grow myself, to be my best self. You be your best self. Then together we can grow together, you know, and something evolves in a more deeper way, you know? Right, right. Well, and I think it's that commitment to growth and being in your 20s and maybe not having that awareness around that. And I sometimes look to the 20s as the lost decade for some people. And, uh, it is maybe not lost. You could feel lost, but you have so much opportunity for the growth, but perhaps at some large costs. Yeah. I think it's also society. Mm -hmm. Society tells you, Hey, go to college, get this job, get the marriage, get that car. You know, I mean, it's very like looking outside yourself for completion Mm -hmm. when in reality, all the answers are within you. We don't know it. Yeah. Did you have any inklings during that time? And could you give an example of what an inkling would have been? Or was it really like a breakdown moment? It was total breakdown. No, it was like everything fucking fell apart all at once. But you know what? It all worked out as it should. I say this all the time. Like you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And if someone told me at that time, I'd be like, can I cuss on the show? Yeah. Okay. I'd be like, go fuck yourself. That's that is not, no, this is not where I should be. Like I just sold my dream house. And I just, you know, called off a marriage with like this like really great guy. Like what right. the hell's wrong with me? But I look at, I look back at that time and he and I had served a purpose mm-hmm. in our relationship. Like we had served our purpose in our growth and the universe made everything happen so seamlessly. I mean, we sold our house in 2010 not a good time of selling a house after, Mm -hmm. you know, the financial crisis. We bought the house right before that financial crisis in 2008. So like really not a good time. Right. You don't make money on a two-year, you know, flip over in a bad time. And we did. The house sold over weekend. Wow. We're asking price, full cash offer. I mean, it didn't appraise for that offer. So it's like the universe was just saying, I got you. You guys are meant to break apart. And he got a job transfer very quickly to New York. And I mean, it, it all happened within a few months. Wow. And that doesn't, if it was meant to be, the universe would be putting roadblocks and, you know, bringing us together. But I mean, you know, that's just how it was supposed to be. Well, and, and it's great. I mean, we're in our, we're in our happy places now, you know, we're both remarried and it's great. Yeah. And those, uh, like, you hear this all the time and this just sunk in lately for me in such a deeper way, but it's like, you're not going to get to know what it all is going to look like, you know, you don't. And that's where the trust comes in. And that's so simple. Like, of course, yeah, you don't get to know what it looks like, but can you just fully like fall forward and jump into that and have that undying trust? And every time you do that, it's like the muscle gets stronger 
and stronger and stronger. And then mm-hmm. stuff, it's not that it ever is maybe easy, but you are confident in yourself, like, cause you've always then had your back. Totally. And it, and that's where it starts is it starts with you. Mm-hmm. Right? If you don't trust the universe, if you don't trust yourself, you know, if you don't trust your decisions and your actions and what's going on in your mind, like how can that ever, you know, how can you ever attract anything trustworthy or how can you trust somebody else? So, yeah, I mean, it all all of the work begins inside and that's the hard part. (laughs) Also the liberating part. And so you leave your marriage, you have a big change in your life. This is when you came to Florida, right? Yeah. So this is the breakdown. I, um, you know, when I say breakdown, you know, but it was such a beautiful thing because I found my teacher and I followed her. And what's crazy is she's the first yoga teacher that I ever had years and years, years prior. But what's funny is I just said, oh, I don't have time for yoga. I need to sweat. I need to burn more calories. And so that was the end of my growth period with that. And so I found her again, went through teacher training, not ever wanting to be a yoga teacher. You know, I just said, I just want to deepen my practice. Mm-hmm. And, and she's incredible. I just love her. And, you know, fast forward a year and a half later, I moved to Florida and I loved it. And I said, okay, well, you know, I think it's time to switch careers, I guess, and go into yoga. Like that's what I know now. Uh-huh. So that's how that transition happened. Wow. So you've been teaching for a number of years and then this has unfolded your soul school. Right. And I think as humans, our job is to evolve. You know, I think one of my biggest shadows and fears is change. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you're talking about the trust. When I'm insecure in my decision-making, when I don't trust myself, yes, oh my gosh, change can be frightening, terrifying. Mm -hmm. And it would stop me in my tracks and I would have FOMO a lot. But when you trust yourself, change can be welcomed. Mm -hmm. It's just a a different path. It might be a pivot, you know? And so um, I used to hate change. I still kind of resist it, but that's how we grow that's how we evolve. And so, yeah, I started teaching yoga specifically. I had a business called Yummy Yogini with eyes and it was all about like food and detox, which is very ironic because I was still eating fast food Uh and doing detox retreats. And, um, and they're very popular. People like the detox and sweat. And as I, as I evolved myself, that just didn't resonate with me anymore. And I wanted to go deeper and really what I think my calling is to help people, you know, through self-love. So I want to help people really love themselves, specifically quieting what I call the itty bitty shitty committee. I love your itty bitty shitty committee. (laughs) It reminds me of mine. Well, the thing is we all have it right? to different degrees. You know, my husband, Jake, he, he's always like, I don't really have the inner critic. And I'm like, come on, really? <laughs> you all got it. And really, he really doesn't, but he has a little bit, which is like a scarcity of time. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough time to get this done. You know, not like mine is, I'm not good enough to do mm-hmm. and Z or who am I to do this? So we all have different degrees and different tones of that itty bitty shitty committee, but we all have that scarcity mindset sometimes. Well, and that itty bitty shitty committee, like this helped me so much, but it's like, 
none of these thoughts are novel, right? Like he's not the first person that doesn't have enough time. And like, you're not the first person. And then that for me, it's like, oh, this is kind of the collective itty bitty shitty committee. You know, we're pulling from the same like pool of shitty, you know, you can't really break through because of X, Y, or Z and then coming to terms with that. Yeah. And I think as we go deeper in ourselves, you asked me about, you know, what was that time when I felt totally disconnected? You know, when I look back at that time, I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. If you asked me what my values were, I couldn't give it to you. I know that I was looking outside myself for that love that I really wanted, you know, whether it was external things or different relationships or receiving certain accolades or praises. I was looking somewhere else to receive the love that really I can only give to myself. Mm -hmm. So I had to go through several years of really deep internal work, not only as teaching yoga, but you know, reading books and meeting teachers and just going through that transformation process of what does that love really look like? What does that connection feel like? And how do I cultivate that every single freaking day? Because the itty bitty shitty committee is really loud, at least for me. Mm-hmm. I've always had um, really low self-esteem and really, really been insecure. And I don't know why, because I had amazing parents. You know, I grew up in a loving household, but somehow like, you know, that's, I was just more of a sensitive being. And so I think that's really why I'm guided to teach this is because I can empathize with people who are just like me, right? It's like, we all need love. We all deserve love. How do we cultivate that every day? And so that's why I love to teach about how to quiet our inner critic, because it does show up in different ways. It shows up in all of our different roles, you know, in our work roles, in our family life, in our relationships, in our personal talk, in our self-body awareness and our body love, right? It shows up in so many different ways. How can we build more self-love through our own internal dialogue? And you're, really teach. yeah, and you're really like noticing as that process goes, I'd imagine, oh, these are sort of similar parallels, way different roles, right? But a lot of parallels in how the itty bitty shitty committee is coming up here. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny. I led a soul school uh, workshop in Florida many years ago, like, oh gosh, maybe five or six yeah, I guess it had to be at least five years ago. But the inner critic that really shows up typically is you're not good enough, mm-hmm. right? It's not very creative, but it's <laughs> you're not good enough. That's what shows up a lot. And during that that one workshop that I led was, and this I was so embarrassed because I knew we had to share it, was you messed up a good marriage. You don't deserve love. You're unlovable. And when that voice showed up, I was like, that's not me. That I've never said that to myself. And obviously, like we did a meditation and obviously that was surfacing right. and I needed to deal with that. And so we, we did a release ceremony. That's what I do in, in my workshops and retreats. So we did the release ceremony. I mean, I was bawling like a baby. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to leave this thing. <laughs> that's again. And what was beautiful is so many people, so many of the people in that workshop also had things that came up about relationships and being unlovable and not being good enough, you know, not deserving. So had I hid from what was showing up, had I not shared that we would not connect, I would not connect to myself and what I needed healing. I would not connect to them. And what was so cool is that night 
I went home and Jake had, um, had texted me like, please come home. I have good news. And I came home, he had candles and champagne. And he said, I got the job. I'm moving to Seattle. And I'm like, Oh shit. And my inner, inner critic was like, okay, okay. Start packing. You're going to move to your friend's house. We're breaking up, you know? And it's just so funny that scarcity mindset where our ego takes us into like different stories. And what was cool is that's the night that we talked about marriage. Wow. Decided, okay, we're going to get engaged. And, and literally he said, I want little Audrey's. I want to be married to you. And I truly think had I not been able to release that, mm-hmm. you know, it was obviously showing up at a perfect time right. for me to deal with it and say, I see you, I love you, and I'm going to release you, right? I see that inner critic. I see the insecurity that's showing up. I see the guilt and the shame and I forgive you, right? And I, I release you. And that created space for Jake and I to really, truly take the next step into our relationship. And we do have a little Audrey. We've got a little mini me. <laughs> How old is she now? Oh gosh, she's 10 months and she oh just started walking. I'm like, oh wow. gosh, firecracker. I love her. <laughs> Amazing. And you know, for people that are thinking either I don't have the inner critic, what are some signs that you really do? Scarcity. Whenever there's a scarcity mindset, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough resources. There's not enough whatever out there. Guys or women are always like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So whenever there's a scarcity mindset of lack, Mm -hmm. I'm lacking or the universe is lacking, right? So that's where you're really connecting to that inner critic of negativity and just not enoughness, Mm -hmm. whether it's in yourself or somewhere outside. And that's the point where you're like, okay, is this a voice that's serving me? Is this really the voice of my truest self? And when you can use certain tools of meditation or mindfulness of just simply creating space and getting quiet, then you notice that's not my voice. Mm -hmm. That's a voice, right? That's the voice of my mind of trying to process, of trying to protect. But really the voice, when you can get quiet, you start to tune into the whisper of your heart and soul rather than listening to that really loud chatter of your mind. And there is a difference. Right. And you see the difference because the really the voice, the tone of your heart and your soul is gentle and kind and loving is abundant. Right. Recently I heard you'll never hear like your guidance come as fear. Mm-hmm. Different from intuition, yeah. but you'll never hear your guidance as fear. That really struck me where intuition could be signaling protection, but the voice of fear being much different than that inner guidance. And I was like, okay, stop pretending it's intuition. <laughs> That's your fear voice going. Totally. That's so good. Yeah. And I think sometimes the first step, it sounds like, especially what you've gone through with yoga and tuning in and so many, but it's like, I got to just even start to hear these voices, the good, the bad, the ugly, the soft, the gentle, the loud. Yeah. So a few steps I would say is one, just get quiet, Mm -hmm. just get quiet and bring awareness to whatever shows up, whatever voice shows up, right? Not deeming it good or bad, not letting it 
take you down a certain story or drama, right? No need to add commentary to the story. Just listen, right? Just listen and create space between you and it. That would be number one. And before my, I call it like Audrey part one. So the the first life that I had, I didn't even know that voice existed. I was, I was just like this train, just keep going, keep going, keep going. But the thing is you got to stop and you got to like refuel. I never refueled. So I was just on fumes, keep going, keep going. And I didn't know how to get off. You know, I didn't know how to stop myself. So one is to stop and get quiet, listen without any extra commentary. And then two, I would say then notice which voice is talking to you and get to know that voice, right? Instead of distracting yourself or numbing like I did of, you know, caffeine and alcohol and, you know, not having deep conversations about stuff, I would numb. Mm -hmm. And so instead of numbing, tune in, like really lean into what's happening. So, and I think when you start to lean in and really listen to what that voice is trying to say without getting caught up, there's a difference, right? Of like getting looped into the drama, but listening with detachment, then you can see, you know, hey, that's not my voice. That is a voice that I've been listening to, but I don't need to listen to that voice anymore. And then the third step would be, you can choose your own path. Now that you know that that's not you, well, then who is you? And that's where we really go into that deeper work of connecting to the real you. I remember doing one of your workshops and I could see the font and everything right now in front of me. And it it was, (laughs) yeah, it was maybe, this was maybe five years ago. And it was that maybe the first time I had really heard who, who do you want to be? I think it was like, who can you be? It was written in a different way than I think I had ever read it written. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sort of a nerd. I keep all my like homeworks. (laughs) So I probably have it in a file somewhere, but, um, when you think about who can I be and start tapping into that soul essence space Mm -hmm. and like on my worst day, I like to remember like the world is infinity. You know, mm-hmm. what of this is limiting beliefs and what of this is possibility? And that question of what can I, how can I experience life? What can I be doing? It's like unlimited, right? It's the yeah. wild, wild west of your existence. And there's freedom and fun to say like, what could be possible here? Yes. And that's, I mean, when you're talking about possibilities, that's the abundant mindset versus the scarcity mindset, the inner critic versus your true self. Mm-hmm. And the true self is that soft whisper. That's always that, that guidance, mm-hmm. but the inner critic's so loud, you don't hear it. And so you've got to get quiet to tune down that voice, to start to find your home, you know, move back to your heart. And I think that's what you're talking about is who do you want to be? Who are you meant to be? Mm-hmm. Right. If you're leading the life that you're doing now, but you're not happy, well, Hey, get quiet. You have the power to change. Nothing outside yourself is going to complete you or love you the way that you can do it. And I think that, you know, my purpose is to help people really love themselves because that's where it all begins. You know, you can have all these goal setting workshops and, you know, put out your five year, 10 year plan of your life and you might get there, right? I did. Like mm-hmm. I checked out all those boxes. Yeah. I was so proud of myself. But if you're not happy at the end of it, what's the point, right? So we have to really start working on the foundation of self-love. And for me, my channel, my vehicle for, to be their change is through the inner critic, 
to help mm-hmm. quiet that voice so that they can build their foundation with tools of self-love and compassion and grace and gentleness. And I don't really say affirmations because you can have positive sayings, but if you don't believe them, it doesn't work. It almost could be worse. Right, right. It's just, it's been really building a new dialogue, a new mantra for them. Yeah. When you're talking about those locked in inner critics and the beliefs, it's like, like that day that you did the workshop and the new one came up and you're like, wait, this isn't one of mine. Okay. Do you think that ever stops? No, I, I think it evolves, right? Just as we evolve. I mean, mine was, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough to write a book. You're not good enough to teach yoga. You're not good, whatever it showed up. But this one was really specific, mm-hmm. which is great. This is my soul saying, hey, this is, hey, Audrey, we got to work on this. There's one last thing we got to work on before the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it was, it was great because I had honestly never consciously said that to myself. You know, and so when that showed up, oh, that freaked me out. I was like, this is not something I say. This is not, no, this is not me. And I was like, oh, it is me. And I have to share it. I must share it. And that's the thing is shame thrives in silence. Mm -hmm. And if I just kept it to myself and I brushed it on their rug, then that was an opportunity that I missed for healing and growth and an opportunity that I could have connected with the people that I was with that day and help them with their growth. You right? feel like free, free, really freed the room. Yeah. And that's when we talk about relationships, it's soul contracts. It's these soul relationships where I work on myself, you work on yourself. And then together we grow with a deeper relationship. If I'm always blaming you and you're blaming me, like nothing gets done. And in fact, everything gets shoved under the rug. And then all of a sudden you can't walk around your living room because there's all this crap underneath your rug, right? You're bumping into the big, big old mound. Yeah. That big room just becomes really small. And I feel like that's kind of what happens in our soul world, if you will. You know, we deal with, if you don't, like you said, if we don't unpack these things, then we're just carrying a lot of baggage that we don't need into our relationships, into our work life, into our own personal life. But to me, it really starts with listening to your heart and soul, not not your mind voice, not the ego voice, not the inner critic voice. And it's hard work. Yeah, it doesn't really stop or get easy, I don't think. But the cool thing is, the I think the things that we work on are more specific, right? It's not just in general, you're not good enough, right? Right, right, right. It's very specific. And the great thing is now you've got the tools to come back to your center place quicker, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it took me years to like notice there's a voice. Now I can see that voice and be like, okay, I see you. What are you trying to guide me to? Where is this coming from? What pain do I need to address? You know, what part of my personality, what shadow do I need to bring light to? And so that's the cool thing is it's not scary anymore. You know, it might be a little scary, but now I have the tools to bring me back to my heart quicker, faster. And that's, I mean, you know, you meditate. Well, and you're, the information though, like you're really saying like you can unlock your soul's information and like you as a teacher helping people to do that. But it's like, we do have all the information inside of us, but what's it covered up by? What's holding it down? What story or trauma or block is keeping it from coming through? And it's like, until you get a little more quiet, you can't even begin to go there. No. Yeah. It's like being 
you know, on the freeway or something and just having every single noise around you, that's what my mind was like. And it still is sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. If you're stressed and busy and worried, ruminating over something, I mean, our mind is meant to process a lot of different things. Right. It's meant to analyze and make sense of things when our heart is just here, right? It is. It's in the present moment. Always here for you. Yeah. So really the idea is, you know, get quiet, which voice is talking to you, and then you have the power of choice. What do you want to listen to? How do you want to be? You're so amazing. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm serious. Right Thank That's you. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's keep riding. When you were talking about growing, I was picturing us both like going up a little almost not a roller coaster, but like a trolley up the side of a mountain. And we're both like looking in our window and like, hey, we're going up the trolley. But you know what? That's the coolest thing, right? Because I, I used to be, I mean, I still, it still shows up, but I used to be so insecure. And what that manifested in was jealousy, which is like one of the worst, worst traits you can have, I think. And, you know, just low level, like gossiping and mm. just feeling very insecure. And that's the itty bitty shitty committee mm. in full effect. Right. Right. And so, and, and that scarcity mindset. So if I was in that place, any, any uh, success that you had, I would feel bad about myself. Right. It's like, Oh, you get a boyfriend. I'm single. Damn it. You know, when she goes again, out, one less guy out there, you know, it's like, what? or, you know, you get a promotion and I don't, it's like, Oh, you know, I must, I must not be worthy enough. I must not be good enough. And that's how the inner critic can really keep us really stuck in that low level, tiny, tiny place in our lives. When, if you can shift your thinking of abundance, like, Oh, you get a promotion. Awesome. That's so great. Like we're on this trajectory together, right? It's this collaboration instead of competition mm -hmm. or comparison. And that's the beauty of that abundant mindset. You get a boyfriend. Oh my gosh, that's so great. There's abundant love, right? Proof and that I could one day get one. It's totally true. Yeah. And if you think about it, it, one is very small and limiting and the other one is expansive and possibilities, right? You're talking about possibilities earlier. And that's where we want to be in that field of possibilities, in that field of expansion, in that place of abundance right? Of that place of really just love. And that's, that to me was what love is, is you love yourself so you can love other people. You love yourself so that you can celebrate other people. That's to me what it's all about. So it's speaking of expansion, oh what's, uh, what's, com <laughs> what's coming for you? Personal or business? Both. Or? I'd love to hear both, but whatever you feel like sharing, thinking yeah, of like I, your okay, expansion. So um, expansion. I'm really excited. Soul school. What started off as like just a class to a workshop to a month long course in person in, here in Seattle is now going online. And that's going to be in 2020, spring of 2020. And it's seven weeks of just this kind of stuff. So each week is a new module, um, aligning with our chakras. And so the first chakra is about security, right? Like pure security the root chakra, and then we'll dive into inner child work. So like loving that little girl or that little boy inside you. And then it goes through shadow work to inner critic work, to self-expression and compassion and love to what is our life? What do we want our life to really look like? What is connecting to your higher self really mean? And how can you manifest that every single day? 
So that's the full school program. Yay. I'm like terrified to like say it and but so excited to say it. (laughs) Every bone in my body's like, "Uh uh-huh. What am I supposed to be doing? It's so good. I'd be like, all right, get get the landing page. I want to sign up. Come on. (laughs) So yeah, that's that's the big project for next year. Um it's just fun. Like you know, I think there was a lot of resistance to it because again, the inner critic showed up of who am I to teach this? You know, does anybody want this? And it really goes back to my, the little girl on me of I'm throwing a party. Does anybody want to come? Is anyone going to show up? You know, that's the thing is when you connect, which voice are you going to listen to? Mm -hmm. If I listen to the inner critic, nothing's going to happen. And in fact, I'll be in a smaller limited place. And if I can expand and listen to my heart and soul of what really is guiding me, then guess what? If you're excited about it, the right people show up, right? The right people you connect with. And so moving on this journey, it's just been an awesome path because I get to, I feel very blessed to get to, I don't want to say heal or teach because I, I don't see myself in that, in that way, but really I see myself as somebody's friend in this journey, your biggest cheerleader, maybe a vehicle for your change. You know, so I'm just this messenger, you know, creating this platform of content that helped me and hopefully will help the next person. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's like, are you the expert? Well, you're in the expert of everything that helped you to get to this point that could help everybody else that's never learned that information. Hell yeah, you're the expert. <laughs> and I and I thank you. <laughs> I, like, I like when you said that, I'm like, oh, expert. You know, I'm like, no way. No, I don't even want to call myself a teacher. I really, I really think of it as like a friend. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm gonna be your friend in this journey. And on this specific topic of connecting to your soul through quieting your itty bitty shitty committee and tools to create more self-love. Yeah. I'm going to be right there with you. And I want to see them go through the seven week journey together. So I'm really pumped for that. You're laying a foundation for people. Like if you can relate to Audrey being in your period of time where you're like working, 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 going, 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 disconnected, 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 what I hear you saying is the, this like perfect foundational program of like stepping out of everything that's driving you every different direction than maybe where your soul wants you to be going, you know, yeah. get on board the soul school train, the soul <laughs> yeah. train. Yes. Yeah. I'm really soul, excited about that. The soul plane. Have you ever <laughs> seen the movie soul plane? <laughs> I think I might have seen it once. I, I had never seen it. I watched a few minutes and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Uh, sometimes the more comedy, like so mainstream, now I get to look at and laugh in ways like that I never did because it's, <laughs> I feel like it's such a different space. So if you could leave our listeners with a quote, I know you already gave us a nice juicy one or a life mantra that you live by and connect to every day, what would that be? Right. The Sometimes you're broken open or sometimes you will fully shed. Right. So my mantra is you can have it all, just not all at once. And the reason why that's my mantra and it's written on my mirror is because I have a baby. The inner critic shows up a lot in motherhood of that scarcity of not enough time of this isn't going to get done. You know, you're freaking exhausted. You know, whatever shows up in that scarcity mindset. And so 
that's been a thing of like, I can't get it all done. I can't do all this. You know, I, I just don't have enough resources and time. But whenever I listen or I, I'll repeat that mantra or see it, it's like, okay, you can get it all done. Maybe just not all at once. Maybe not right now. So then that like shifts my energy and the dialogue of give yourself some grace, lean into that patience, give yourself love, you know, and give yourself exactly what you need right now because it will get done. Maybe just not right now. And like the perfect order of needing to be done. Yeah. Thank so you, Audrey. That helps me be present to what yeah. good right now. So for everybody that wants to find Audrey online, you can go to her website, audreysuttonmills.com and uh, learn more about Soul School and some of the upcoming offerings. And you do offer a number of retreats and local classes. Yeah. So next year we've got three retreats on the book. So we've got May in Santorini. Mm-hmm one of my favorite magical places. And then we're going to do a Washington retreat in the summer. So if you like hiking and waterfalls and river and outdoors, um, join me there. It's probably going to be in August. Okay. And then in September, we're heading to Croatia to Dubrovnik. Amazing. And we'll yeah. have all that in the, sh- in the show notes. And if you could share your Instagram also for people to follow you. Of course. Yeah. Follow me at Blissful Audrey, B-L-I-S-S-F-U-L-A-U-D-R-E-I. And remember, your itty-bitty shitty committee doesn't have to run the show. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for having me. You got it, Audrey. Head on over to Instagram at lilolife.co. Give me a like or a follow. And lilolife.co as the website. Check out the free resources. Password is Leela and things there that will change your life if you let them. Have a powerful week and see you next week.